And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little remake flakes! Old Jason has been in the grave so long that it's time for a good old fashioned new fangled rebootin'. It's time for Friday the 13th, 2009. And this time, it's brought to you by the ultimate evil, Michael Bay. Things are going to get ugly, kiddies. Hello and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, number 49er. I'm Chris Honeywell. And I'm here with the usual crew. We've got Luke Giaconetti. Hey, hey. Sean Engel. How's it going, folks? Christopher Tyler. Did you know that Sean Engel has perfect nipple placement? I did. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and last but not least, he was in the last episode, but now we're making it official. You'll be seeing him, hearing him. Feeling every him. episode. It's the other Jackanetti, Jason Jackanetti. Your your tits are stupendous. They are. <laughs> oh, I got another we both one. Both went here. to the tit uh, well for Andrew. Well, I, got, I got one more. I got you. You should win in a fucking titty contest. <laughs> those are those are my that they are yep. those three lines are fantastic. The, the, the fact that, you, that the hero had to reference me in that makes me all the more uncomfortable being on the show. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys did have that magical time down at Disney. Uh, you know, it, well, oh, yeah. Chris and Sean had the really magical time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Thankfully, that didn't involve nipples. Or maybe not. So, Sean, have you ever been uh, topless uh, water skiing before? Um, I, I'm, I'm shit at water skiing. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be in a, they basically pull me up I'd fall over and that'd be it and they'd have to restart it all over again so no I have yeah. not been topless water skiing I can just yeah. I, I'm just shit so I float that's what <laughs> well, happens uh, when I go in the water well, Sean to be honest with you Willa Ford uh, she shot that scene she, they told her she had to do that they gave her two weeks to learn so they had her out there learn. she didn't fucking know how to do it either and then so they got her out there doing it and I mean I am not a water skier by any stretch of imagination but I I enjoy watching Willa Ford water ski without her top on because, damn, she's got nice tits. So, oh. there's a reason for that, and I think it's when you see at the begin at the very beginning of the movie, and you see the name Michael Bay come up. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. you know the perv factor has just gotten like turned up a little bit. 
this this movie <laughs> what are we talking about first what of all what movie are we talking about we have a format let's try and stay <laughs> on a little bit shall we <laughs> we are off the format we're already. off format four minutes into the show that's a comma <laughs> record for us it's it's the movie that made me actually say you know thank god for the reboot it's the 2009 friday the 13th remake reboot the first rule of reboot do not talk about reboot hope audience catches on right <laughs> so so yeah uh the, the, the guy said michael bay i just so he um he walked out of the premiere because he said there was too much sex in the movie oh dear god so, I, and honestly like there's a there's a lot of nudity in this yeah. for a movie that you know for a horror movie nowadays yeah, yeah. It's uh, for even it's... for a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, especially the compared to the the original movies, this is this is like a porno compared to some of the and, the, and let's be Friday honest, the, the quality of breast assessment in this is oh is, is 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 stupendous. They're well, fantastic. But the thing is, that's the thing that takes away from me from the movie. The, the the realism and the grittiness of the original Friday the Thirteenth movies. You didn't have these perfect looking people in there. This is definitely you can. You can tell this is a, a a 2000 and whatever version of Michael Bay horror movie it's, because it's, all it's the people the WB are cast exactly. You yes. have Jared Padalecki, you've got Adrian uh, or Daniel Panabaker, and, you've got and America Libio. I shouldn't. I should interject to all the um, Flash fans out there. We do not see Daniel Panabaker naked, so don't. Yes, no, so. we don't. No. Don't Good. come in with Good. that hope. That she's an angel. See. She's an angel. She's <laughs> yes, she is. Lovely. Those pa- those those Panabaker girls. They're 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 as fresh as the new fallen snow. That's all. Yes. I was, I, she was she was at Eternal Con, and I I seriously thought if I'm gonna get an autograph, I wonder if she's got eight by tens of her with Jason. And I'm like, yeah, I was too late to do that. I would have probably been the only fucking creepy dude there. It's like, can you sign this picture of Jason? <laughs> Apparently, hero just turned into Ren. <laughs> you idiot! Quiet, sign the picture already. <laughs> All right, we're going off the rails. All right, 2009, Friday the 13th. No, but but Sean hit the nail on the head. Absolutely here. This, this is this is a lot. This is very similar in a lot of ways to the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. where we've got Which, this really really good looking cast of people in a film where nobody should be good looking, and yeah. and it and it this this and again like the TCM remake, this kind of treads on the. Hey, I remember those movies, kind of, sort of, maybe not really. And it's like I can, I could write one of those. This is going to be just like those old ones, except no, not really. Yeah, it's they, kind of the idea of what they are more so than what they actually are. They exactly. didn't really have like the 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 fat guy or the socially awkward nerdy guy. I guess the closest was the Asian guy because he had his glasses, but he was still like out of a an American <laughs> apparel ad, you know. Uh, so Marcus Nispel is the guy who directed this one. He also directed the TCM remake from 2003. And he had felt that uh, after they did TCM, that uh, he felt that this was um, less of a holy cow to bring to slaughter. That's what his quote was. And so he felt nothing. There was no reason he couldn't do this. Um, he also felt that he needed a shot in the arm because he had done TCM um, and that it was a big success. And uh, when, when they were going to do, when Friday the 13th came up, he goes, oh, I'm perfect for this. And then Michael Bay did the other one, too. So he's just come right in and do it. So, And I think some of my issues with the film, not, you know, not to give my final verdict on it, are going to be with some of the directions that were taken in yeah. this reboot. 
see, I was, I was just like, you know what? I'm really happy. I, I cannot believe I was, that I'm watching this going like, man, I'm glad this is sort of wiping the last couple. <laughs> well, the last, the last one in space was, was pretty fun, but this like, it kind of brings it all back home and turns it up without turning it into two, you know, 2009 style filmmaking. Right. It's, it's pretty much film shot like a Friday the 13th movie. There's yeah. still a veneer of gloss on it. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, but it's, it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to get rid of that from, I mean, this was a major studio release. Oh, yeah. It's hard to get that unless you're actively trying to make it look, you know, I'm I'm thinking like um, you know, uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof, you know, and right, uh, yeah. Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, Don't, that kind of stuff. If you're actively trying to make it look older, you, it's hard to get away from that kind of veneer, like you say. I, I always say it's like those Claritin commercials when they pull the the little film off on the screen. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's like. But yeah. it's it it. I agree with with you, Chris, because <clears throat> I had absolutely no preconceptions going into this. And and it was enjoyable. It was a divert. I watched it. My 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 family was out, or my wife and my kids were out of town. So I just sat down one Saturday morning, and with a cup of coffee and watched it. And I had a lot of fun watching it. But it's hard to remember details from it because it's not super engaging, but it's enjoyable while it's unspooling itself. Yeah, I mean, well, I always. Oh, sorry, Sean. Go, no, ahead. go ahead, Chris. No, no, because this is going to be a long thing. So go I ahead. I was going to say, you know, it feels, you know, I think someone mentioned in in our conversations on Facebook that it feels a lot like a clip show that I they that was, did that just me. basically, yeah, they did just basically take the best of uh, what they saw from the Friday the 13th movies prior to this and kind of just did a mashup of it. it. It It's an enjoyable film. It's a good looking film, but it doesn't have the sort of the feel that those early Friday the 13th movies that I enjoyed, like the, the first four Friday the 13th movies where they're establishing the Jason character, uh, you know, had that sort of grit and the characters from there were actual, you know, the characters that Jason killed were actual sort of likable characters in mm-hmm. this, in this, they've already moved toward, moved past that, where all the characters are basically assholes, and it's you're not concerned about these characters and and what's going on with them. You want to see them get killed, so that's that's the one most of the things. That, yeah. That, yeah. That, well, there are some like like Panna Baker's character, right. and of course the, the the hero's characters, and there was also the but idea they're very that, bland. Yeah, yeah that they, they, they are. They don't have as as much depth. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's if, funny and that, because oh, sorry, sorry. Just, go ahead, just, real, just, just real quick. And if that girl's not played by Daniel Panabaker, I probably don't care as much. I mean, yeah. my note literally is not Daniel Panabaker when she gets it. You know, so it's <laughs> I'm not I'm not particularly invested in her character. I just like the actress. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, and it's one of those things. that's like Supernatural is a good show, and Pat Alecki's real good on it, and Panabaker is good in pretty much everything else. They're non-entities in this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They really are. The only, I mean, the only guy who really makes an impression is is the Travis, who plays Travis, uh, <laughs> because he is such the prototypical doc jock douchebag asshole. Yeah, and he's only hanging around with the rest of these people to make himself feel good and to get their weed. It's like, come on. Well, it's it's funny, Sean. You mentioned that uh, the first four. Um, that uh, one of the things they had mentioned when you I was watching. Um, the uh, Crystal Lake Memories, when they were talking about this, they said, look, we, we like the first four. We're going to do a mashup hybrid of those. Huh. 
which is exactly kind of what they started doing. But then instead, they, they didn't just make it straight up that they had to turn up the sex and turn up the nudity and tune and make everyone super pretty and all that stuff. But they took ideas from the first four. That's why he runs. That's why like he's not he's not zombie Jason. You know, it's not it's not the stuff we saw in even uh, um, um, crap uh, like Uber Jason and stuff like that, like in in in, uh, in Jason X. You know, so what they did was uh, the thing was when the big thing they were trying to do was they were trying to pick a you know someone to play Jason. That wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be uh, um, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, excuse me, thank you. Uh, it's Derek Mears plays him, and Derek Mears he has alopecia, uh, so when he was a kid, all his hair started falling out early, and he was bald pretty much by the time he was in grade school, and he was an outcast because he was much bigger than other kids. He had no hair, and he felt he felt you know the other kids would just you know. Kid, he he pushed away. So when he said, "When I was a kid, I saw Friday the 13th and I go, "Hey, that kid's like me," <laughs> and he <laughs> he felt completely connected to Jason. He said that was one of the reasons when they called him, he was trying not to be like, "Yeah, I'll take the role." Like, he was like, "Well, let me think <laughs> about it," you know. And it's true. He when you look at a guy like I mean, he's a huge man. Oh yeah, he's just phenomenally yeah. big. He's he's a yeah, he's a big dude right there. But think about the guys who played Jason in the early films. They were all stuntmen. They were not. It wasn't like I mean, not that. Kane Hodder is this amazing actor, but he brought a different kind of uh, twist to Jason. They were just stuntmen. There was Ted White and guys like that. They just stuck under the mask. Here, they wanted someone who could portray, you know, a big, hulking, monstrous guy. But he truly did not play Jason here. When you look at it, Jason is not played to be uh, um, the, the same way he was in some of the other films. He Jason here is actually probably closer to. Uh, and, and hear me out on this to John Rambo from First Blood, yeah. Because because he kills the people who come into his territory. He doesn't go and seek people out. He kills who comes there because yeah. he's you know because what's there. So when you look about it in Rambo, you know he just want to be left alone, and that's what it is. And that's one of the things he had actually said. He goes, I tried to make sure. That I picked, you know, I, I wanted to do it that way instead of it making this crazed killer psycho guy, which he is. Uh, but he's there for a reason. He's rejected by society. His mother was killed in front of him. He becomes very territorial. He's protecting what's there. He's trying to hold on to what's there, which is why when, uh, well, crap, I name, the sister is trapped there. Why um, they're trying really hard to, you know. He, he he wants to. Yeah, she has the. She looks like the his his mother. She look, and he's trying to hold on to that. It's some of those ideas that I think they played around with in part two yeah. originally, and that's at the end of the movie when she's like, "Mother, Jason is speaking to you," and you know, and it's like, you can still have that there, and it it felt familiar. The um, you know, it's not the same. It's truly not the same thing as the original the original ones, the one through four especially, which is like the first cycle. Uh, but they definitely played on some of those ideas. Yeah, yeah, and, and I get, the way they played with him keeping her alive was one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no problem with that because he did remind her of, did remind him of his mother. And but here's the thing: the whole underground lair with like mm-hmm. the tunnels and the escape hatches and the rigging it's like to Texas hear when people Chainsaw Massacre it, too. That's the thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. they, well, and that's Marcus Nispel again. It's just yeah. that level of it creeping in, and then you see where he's got all those dead bodies piled up. It's like, is he eating them? Are they implying that he's a cannibal? Yeah. That's a bridge too far for me in terms of characterization with Jason. Um, but I mean, I guess cannibals are kind of reigning supreme at the moment. 
Uh, but th- I mean that that aspect of it does nothing for me. That, um, that, I have to say, but I, I did. I you're right because he does. It does harken back a lot to two. I like that they have the hood in there as mm-hmm. kind of a callback to two for a short while. And one thing that's very odd about this is that again, like two, two starts with the flashback to the end of one. Yes. This one, the prologue in this film, is a flashback to a movie that doesn't exist. That's right. Yeah. And and I'm throwing this one to you, Sean. Who plays Pamela Voorhees? <laughs> it is Nana Visitor, who play who most people will know played Major Kieran Reese on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yep. And I can tell you, she's a lot more tolerable in this short scene than she ever was on Deep Space Nine. Oh, oh hush you! Hush. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, you but can the, be quiet, t- Mister Voyager man. Just, hey, just, I'm just, <clears throat> just just saying. But anyway, the the point <laughs> the point is is that. And again, it, it harkens back to, to to not only to two, but to the that first cycle of films in that we have the flashbacks to, to, to remind us. What do we always say? Flashbacks are cheap. So it reminds us of what happened in the previous film. Well, here, it's the exact same motif, but they just shot it whole cloth. So I, that, I thought that was really clever because we it, almost yeah. come to expect that in an early Friday the 13th film. It's like, okay, well, here, they're going to tell us how we got to where we're at. And then we're going to tell our new story. So they did that. And I thought it was it was a nice uh, little homage, especially setting it in 1980. I thought that was nice as well. And, and of course, it made me think of the, of the first scene in Scream, you know, because every smart ass mm-hmm. thinks that, you know, oh, Jay was Jason. No, wrong. It was Jason's mom in the first one. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a take on like the spy who loved me for Friday the 13th and that it really is. Hey, that's familiar. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it, but it, you know, it, it holds together pretty well considering, you know, and and ultimately that's what I'm looking for for a slasher film made in uh, you know after the year 2000. We're not going to get an 80s or 90s style slasher film anymore. The best we can hope for is either something like this or something that is so completely drenched in, you know, nostalgia and um, uh, you know just just references the whole way right. through that the only one who'd be entertained by it would be the geek show, you know, right. It's funny is when you talk about that that little snippet. That seems like it's the the you know the 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 pre credit part of the movie, but you realize that the pre credit part of the movie it runs twenty five minutes. It's the first twenty five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, it's sort and, of they pull a little psycho where they might they fake you out to think that that this might be the crew that goes through the whole movie. Exactly. Going, Man, they're killing them fast, and it's like, oh, like so. <laughs> well, the thing is, in that scene, there is one of my absolute favorite scenes. It's the the sleeping bag. Well, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. uh, when he has a sleep bag hanging over the fire, because you're thinking about yourself, going, "Okay, what's he doing? He's setting a trap." It's so it's like a different idea. It's not just him taking. Don't get me wrong. I love when he slams his, the sleeping bag Uh-oh. across the tree, or when he smashes the two together. Those are hysterical. <laughs> um, but it's he sets the fire. What happens? The uh, the the, uh, the boyfriend runs and he steps in the bear trap, which yeah. was actually a, a real bear trap, by the way. Um, because they had the fake one and the and the real one, they put the wrong one up. And he goes, um, "Can we get this off? It's really hurt my leg." He goes, "Oh shit! Get the rubber one. This is the real one." So he stepped in a real bear trap. <laughs> um, so that pain on his face, real. Uh, and the thing is, uh, that's where Ma- is that Amanda Rigetti plays Whitney. I'm trying to yeah. think here. Okay. Um, and then uh, Amanda was originally supposed to. Okay, so Whitney is the sister. She's the one who gets uh, abducted. Amanda is the one who's hanging over the fire. That was originally supposed to be played by uh, Moran uh, Atias. Uh, she's from Mother of Tears. I recognized her from Mother of Tears. But she refused to do the nudity. So it's uh, America Olive. I'm Olivia. Olivia. Thank you. Olivia. Thank you. She's from, the, she's from Maniac, the 2012 remake. 
when she takes her top off and she's rubbing with it must be the water whatever she's and, and he, like they're the guy who wants to go find the pot and he's like and she's rubbing on her boobs i'm like good lord we are not even like you know 20 minutes into this movie and okay then then you realize she's the one hanging over the fire getting burned alive he comes back you're like man okay because it, it totally got me it, like the first time i saw this because I, I saw this when it first came out um i was like Wow, they're killing. There better be more people. Yeah, this is gonna be a pretty boring movie. <laughs> well, no, it, what, what, it's it, after twenty minutes. It's just Jason goes back to his house. You know, cracks right open a beer. What yeah. hangs the mask up on the wall? Straight starts yelling, bit, starts yeah, yelling back at Bill O'Reilly. It's pretty much you know like any any suburban guy in his fifties. Yeah. Sport, sport yeah. centers on. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Fuck! It's Saturday like, the fourteenth already. Damn it's it. like it's like the robot chicken one. <laughs> Just standing in the shower with his hand against the wall, the water beating on his head, feels all beaten down. Well, the, the the sleeping bag death was probably the most stuntiest death in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. the, this movie was really focused on like he didn't fuck around. It was it was abrupt death. You know that 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 doom sort of thing from the first like the first four movies where he just comes up and finishes you off you know decisively the the, the scene uh with the girl under the dock is a little <laughs> yeah. stuntier because it's a it's a you know it's just but they sell that one though they, they sell is, that one really where her good. head is still touching the planks when he's pulling the, the machete through i mean that i mean that makes it well yeah, that's yeah, what he yeah. called but that's not the original death in that the original death was she's swimming and he's standing there and she starts swimming and he's pacing her. He never gets ahead of her. He always stays the same distance. And what happens is they, because remember they, they go back, like there's a scene where she goes, well, they never came back from the lake and it's now nighttime. Then they're supposed to cut back to the scene and she's still in the water and she's getting desperate because now she's, she can't get out of the water. And he's always just standing there staring at her. And what they felt was uh, they went back and reshot it. They said, "Well, this is this is not going to play well because people want to see her, you know, not drown because that's what he did. He waited her out and she winds up drowning. Oh, that's and he, yeah, it is. Oh no, but but again, but if you're trying to make something different, so but when she goes when Willow Ford goes under the dock, and you're like, and she's trying so hard not to have her breath come out, whatever, and it's just whack right in the top of her skull, and he pulls her up, and it's an extra boob shot right there, and she just hangs there until it comes out and she sinks right down, you know." It's just kind of funny. You think about it, like he's 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 being patient. He's he's hunting her the way an animal would hunt. It's doing. It's not like I'm going to shoot her with an arrow. He just shot the other guy in the face with an arrow for Christ's sake. And, you know. And let me let me say that that there's it's very odd because there's there's a couple of references to of all things sleepaway camp in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh with yeah. The, with the getting shot with the arrow and then the whole sequence with the ski boat are both straight out of. The original sleepaway. They are. Oh, and That's the right. last shot too. Oh no! Yeah, with, with, no, with, there was no penis in this movie. <laughs> say, yeah, with with yeah with Jason. Oh my God, he's a boy. You know, there is a vagina that. in this movie though, a shaven yeah. vagina. But the... yes. Oh yeah, there was. It's uh, it's in yeah. a Playboy mag. It's in a well, probably not a Playboy, well, he, but it's in whatever yeah. porno. He was a little lit. Stereotyped redneck was reading. But it was just it was just strange. Among all these references to the Friday Thirteenth, we get one of the Friday Thirteenth ripoffs gets a couple of references thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Why not? As a, yeah. well, as, I, I, I like the original Sleepaway Camp, so I'm on board with that. So I, yeah, someday I, I, yeah, someday we should cover that one. 
I think that's kind of indicative of the way they they approach this movie. It's that this is a mashup movie. This isn't specifically a brand new movie with a brand new direction. It's it's all these elements from the original Friday the Thirteenth movies uh, blended together to make a sort of cohesive movie. Whether or not it works perfectly or not is up to the viewer. But I think I think it's I think it's kind of weak myself that the fact that they they couldn't come up with their own original thing and they just decided to say, oh, well, here is something from this Friday the 13th movie. Uh, it's the wheelchair from uh, number, from, was it from number two or number three? The guy who's in three. the wheelchair and gets pushed. Three. So so you've got that and you see, oh, here's two. this element of, of this movie and uh, here's all this. So it's, I, I, I was kind of wanting for more. I was kind of well, wanting for an original take on it rather than mm. just a sort of clip show type movie. It, it it felt to me like they sort of they distilled all the elements and discarded all the more fanciful elements from the later ones and and you could check you could check them off you know they they said this is this is what you need to have obnoxious teens mm-hmm. and at some the, there were some points that I got offended as a, as a pot smoker that the, the pot <laughs> thieves were wearing Star Wars shirts well, well, come on, man! Uh, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be baked when they go into hyperspace. Come on! And what is it? What is it with who? You know, whoever wrote this movie, that everybody who like gets stoned immediately decides to masturbate to a magazine. Is, isn't that what you do? Twice, yeah. twice in one movie. <laughs> you masturbate and, in this movie and, twice. And, and they twice? did in the movie too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, you went off twice. And that's just good, man. You know, you gotta hydrate after that much. <laughs> you know. But you know, <laughs> pot, uh, obvious, obviously, pot you know uh, lessens your uh, refraction time. I, yeah. I, <laughs> what the fuck is refraction time? <laughs> I guess you know, or recovery time is that? What I, we used to call it reload back in the day, but you know, okay. kind of, no, I mean, man, just go right hey, back I'm from, in. I'm yeah. from Oklahoma. That's that's how we call it. In yeah, you know, you're like, hey, I'm not going to see my girlfriend five days. Let's get six of them in one day. We're good. Uh, but but all <laughs> that weirdness to to all that stuff that's from that was sort of in the original movies. Yeah. Too. They just sort of brought it, but it, but I guess what impressed me about it is they sort of filmed it like a, a Friday the 13th movie. So for somebody who hasn't just like watched the whole series like us or like, you know, a teenager going to see it, they're going to get a pretty fair, uh, you know, representation of a Friday the 13th movie, warts and all, you know, with the weaknesses and all. Sometimes the weaknesses exploited. And with the strengths pumped up a little bit. I mean, the gore was there was definitely. Oh yeah. They they, they definitely were freer and easier on the gore and the nudity, which is so weird yeah. in horror movies these days. Yeah, I, I actually respect it for that. Uh, yeah, just because it, it it's you know it's like it's this is going to be an R-rated flick, and uh, yeah, here you go. Friday the Thirteenth. What do we know about them? Teens have sex, and then they get they get killed. You could tell they had a bigger budget because they could afford real pop hits instead of fake like '80s. So, so you actually get right. Sister Christian in one scene, which is kind of weak because oh, uh, what was it? What was the Marky Mark movie? Fear. Oh, oh. Boogie Nights. Fear. Boogie yeah, Nights. Boogie yeah, Nights. Boogie so, Nights pretty Rob much <laughs> nailed down Sister Christian in a movie. In a movie scene. Yeah, the but that just goes right back to it, you know. It's, it would have been like great if he was it's, doing it's, sister, if he was listening to Sister Christian, and the Asian guy was following behind him, throwing firecrackers at the ground in a. <laughs> but, so, 
That's, well, a, little we, too, that's a little too on the nose, I think, Chris. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what's good? You know, one, one thing that they actually address, and, and this is why my nephew doesn't like horror movies, he's like, all these problems are, are solved by a cell phone nowadays. I'm like, yes. That's why there's no reception in this movie, motherfucker. Yeah. And you know what? What else comes back? <laughs> oh, you couldn't. I don't think you could have. There's no way you can write a new theme. Yeah. There's no I mean, way. If you think about this, right, because, again, anytime you do a, a reboot, and the same, the same can be said for TCM, the same can be said for Nightmare on Elm Street, um, or The Crazies, which Tank, Daniel uh, Panabaker was also in, or whatever, um, you don't need to have seen the other one to right. watch this one. Right. This is truly, like, if I'm a, if I'm a teenage kid, and this came out, what, this came out at 09, right? It came out Friday 13th, in February yep. 09. Um Okay, like my students went and saw this. My students went out and saw this when it opened. They're like, Mr. J, you're going to go? And I'm like, I'm not going to the movie theater, especially if you're going to be there, one. And two, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I at the time I was kind of, uh, you know, uh, as, as the guy here with the, uh, you know, part, the um, cover to part four tattooed on his arm. Um, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But when I sat and finally watched, I'm like, oh, it is that. It's made not for us. It's made for the general audience, as as hard to believe as that is, with all the nudity and violence and everything in it. It's made for those people who have never seen the other Friday the 13th, or maybe have seen one of them at, like, on Halloween time on TV or right. something like that. So, um, just, I want to mention this, because I, I don't want to forget the, uh, you guys mentioned about the, the sack, the sack head, and then the hockey mask, and there was a big debate about which one they should do, and how the hockey mask should look, and all this stuff. Well, they wanted to pay homage to the sack, because they liked it so much, because they wanted to pay homage to the town that dreaded sundown, which just you had said a remake. Pay made. homage to the yeah. sack. They did. Um, <laughs> Bow down to the sack. Yeah. So what? So they did that, and that's why he has the, the the sack on. And what happens is they originally filmed uh, Donnie. That's the guy who has all the pot, who's licking the magazine and stuff. Um, he has the mask on, and Jason shows up and grabs him by the head and just decapitates him. And then the head falls out of the mask, and Jason puts the mask on. What they did is they, they thought it was that was too abrupt. They wanted to do so. Jason goes up there and they have their altercation. He kills him, where he reveals the mask and then he puts it on and then looks in the mirror to check it. And it's just a little like that's kind of it seems weird at first, but you're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. What doesn't make sense is this who is growing all that pot? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I no, thought no. there was going to be some, I thought that was going to be a subplot that you would have some pot yeah. growers with shotguns, maybe, or with booby yeah. traps. That's Jason's stash. Maybe Jason's growing Jason, all the. Well, he's the one stealing the kerosene. We know that. He's stealing the kerosene because he's using it to run the stuff underneath the, because he had he, the, the generator that he's running. Right. But who is growing all the pot? Because it's not a little bit of pot, it's a lot of freaking pot. Maybe that's how he gets teenagers into his. <laughs> you know, if Jason was growing all that pot, and if he was using, I don't think he'd be that all that willing to kill people. He'd I'm, be sa I'm not know. saying he's using. It's just like in the formula of in the world of context of the world of Friday the Thirteenth, pot brings teenagers. Teenagers means there's going to be teenage girls there, which brings more teenagers. So it's this perfect equation. You could just have some pot growing, and then it yeah. becomes. It's not. Budget. It's not that good hydroponic shit, Sean. It's it gives you real bad paranoia. That that's yeah. why he's killing that, everybody. It, it looked that like really good away. weed. That goes that that goes against Jason's idea that uh, that uh, that Jason is supposed to be essentially a sort of John Rambo type character. That he doesn't want people entering his area. He just wants to be left alone. 
why then would he be growing all the pot there to uh, Maybe supposedly he's a bring kids there? Maybe that works I, with the cannibal thing, and he needs food, and you know, the I, pot makes him very I, hungry. I think, I think we all know that it's just the U.S. government that's growing this, this marijuana, just <laughs> well, to artificially drive, right, you know, right. drive down prices and no, put the little man out of business. I mean, I think we've all saw this in the 80s. No, no, we've all, we all heard foreclosure of a dream. We know what the score is They're, they're world-building, Luke. That's, that, that, the US, <laughs> that will bring the U.S. government to Crystal Lake. They find out about Jason, and that sets up potential... Jason. Yeah, totally. It totally. It's, it's, it sets at the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell with the with the feds hunting him down. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, Jason Obama. When they, when the <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank, thanks, Slasher Obama. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, in a, you know, you better, there's better horror movies when there's a Republican in office, but still, uh, you know. That is, is a fact. It is a fact. <laughs> so, um, it's funny. This movie, just real quick, throw it out there. It made 40, $42.2 million in its opening weekend. It's one of the most successful uh, R-rated opening weekends ever um, for a non-summer blockbuster kind of movie, you know, especially in there. And it was, at the time, the biggest for uh, opening weekend for a horror movie and the biggest horror remake opening weekend. And so it 40, had a again? reasonable budget, I'm sure, too. I'm sure it was really high-budgeted. Nineteen yeah. million, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it more than, but I'm saying, but an opening weekend of forty-two and change million, that means a lot of people went to go see it, right? I mean, well, I mean the same thing kind of happened with Freddy versus Jason. That opened at number one too because oh, sure. it had a, it had similar to this, had a decent ad campaign, sure, it had a sure. pretty good word of mouth, it had a lot of, <clears throat> you know, y- a younger audience that was attracted to it, and that's we've said this time and time again on this show. Horror horror film is not rocket science, you know. It it's not expensive to make if you advertise it and market it correctly. You can make money doing it, which is why people continue to do it. And there's value in a marketing sense from these names. That people recognize, like Friday the Thirteenth, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. that it makes financial perfect financial sense to remake these movies and build upon oh. that marketing that someone else already did, and that reputation and that name you know. It's like that sure. Eddie Murphy movie, The Distinguished Gentleman. It's the name you know, and and that you know puts asses in seats, so it works oh. out that way. And, and if the film is halfway decent, then you know it's an okay way to spend seven bucks on a Saturday. And I think horror as a genre is so solid because there's always teenagers love horror and horror fans like nowadays science fiction, you know, fantasy superhero stuff. You got a lot to choose from. There's usually now you've as always you have your grindhousey, you know, drive in is the red box now. And and like Netflix, you know, where the you know, there's people grinding out low budget stuff but horror fans will just like see a, a cover and be like oh i'll grab this perfectly aware that it is 90 percent chance that it's going to be a total piece of shit but they know they may very well enjoy it just for that reason and it might be a gem at the same time so they're more experimental and they're more like liable to just be like Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Okay, I'll go to see it. Maybe it's got. Is it got blood in it and boobs? Okay, we'll see. So it's it's. You almost can't go wrong because it's it's as long as it's not like one of those weird little periods where there'll be like four or five horror movies up. But even then, they're usually mostly like found footage ones and stuff like that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. You know the. 
the horror genre, like you said, Chris, will always have, you know, the younger audience, the teenage audience wanting to go in there and see it because it's always fun to get scared and yeah, it's always fun to take your girlfriend there and she'll get scared and she'll cuddle up to you. And that's kind of the intent, you know, oh, I'm frightened. And, then, you know, you ha- you, there's a release of endorphins and a release of adrenaline. And there's a hole in the bottom of the movies. popcorn box. Exactly. And <laughs> and it, it, this the the idea of the Friday the 13th remake and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is there's a name brand behind that. There's some sort of. So this this would work, I think, for for the uh, studios, because not only do you have a name brand behind it, but you've got the adrenaline that you'll get from a horror movie that'll attract the kids. Mm-hmm. And as a plus, if it's a decent enough movie with the, you know, marginal acting, I mean, I'm not saying these people are ever going to win like Academy Awards, but it was a fun enough movie to watch. So uh, there is a bonus for yeah. everyone. I think. And and like uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th, if they do really well, they're already established as franchises, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a franchisable thing. So, you know, you can automatically just start doing part two, part three, part four. But that didn't happen yeah. with this. Well, there was supposed just, to no, be some I, I, I figured I, I, with the reboots, I fi- think it's really hard to to continue them like the original Texas Chainsaw and Hills of Eyes both got sequels. Well, they got the sequels, but I so, think so did Zombies Halloween also to throw that. Yeah, but I, well. yeah, but I think, but I think about those the better. But I well, think those the thing, sequels kind the of finished zombies, them off. And well, it, but the thing and the thing about Zombies Halloween is that love it or hate it, it is Rob Zombie's film, and the second yeah. one is the same way. So it he took ownership and authorial voice over it. The other films. You know, this Bill's a uh, you know he's he's a he's a he's a he's not a bad director, but he's not an auteur. You know, he doesn't have that same type of authorial voice like Zombie does in his films, whether you like him or otherwise. And I think that that with Halloween, it was pretty clear that if Zombie wanted to do it, he was going to make a sequel one way or the other. Yeah, Just right, right, right. House of a Thousand Corpses. No studio wanted to pay him money to make Devil's Rejects, but he did it anyway. Right. Uh, right. As far as I mean, the thing about the TCM. Uh, sequel. What is it? Um, what, what? What? It's it's just called TCM, isn't it? Or and, just and then there's a th- there's a three no, D no, yeah, one too. Yeah. So yeah, well the, that the, one the they sequel almost, was they, a pre was be, was be called Texas Massacre the beginning. Yeah, or whatever it was called. It was a prequel. But so they it almost, actually they oh, but it's a prequel. But they almost stepped back from the stuff they did in the remake. Yes, it's almost yeah. like they it, it's almost like it's a reboot of the reboot. Right. And so then the third it, one it, is yeah. is the actual sequel. Right. Yeah. So I, don't, I mean that's the thing. It's like it, it's it, the market doesn't necessarily exist to keep releasing it's, these time and time again. Well, it's like a photocopy, you know. The second generation of it isn't yeah, going to. It's going to start losing, uh, you know, momentum a lot faster than the original one, you know. Which is which is uh, is odd to me, especially considering that in the two thousands we had horror franchises. We had Saw coming out right. with yes. with regularity every year. Yeah. Yeah. And and they did they they did the same with um, Paranormal, well, Paranormal Activity has yeah, a, yeah, as a franchise uh, uh, yeah fake boring night vision crap yeah that one yeah and, well now uh, I mean, now it, now Insidious is on its third movie now and, like, and they did it with Hostel had its third yes. movie out and right. you know it's it's and and um, hell with with Insidious didn't they they did a spinoff to Insidious too didn't they well there's The Conjuring which is uh is got that's also that's with what um oh Annabelle. And yeah. then there's the Conjuring two, and then like all those things didn't, all didn't tied they, together. But didn't they make one like like with the spin-off with the doll? Was Annabeth? A- Annabelle. That goes with the Conjuring. It goes with the Conjuring. And, okay. Yeah, and then the Conjuring two, 
the thing is, but they all friggin' tie together because it's all the same directors. It's 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 Juan and Wayland, the guys who did the original Saw. It's yeah. all the same actors, all playing the same people because it's the same people based. It's the same paranormal. Uh, uh, what do you call? It's the people from the Amityville Horror, originally. I mean, that's so crazy. It is. They all tie together. Oh, there's you a know. there's a third Purge movie on the way. So. There is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's well, another one. You miss makeup. You know cheap. why? Which All I know the, is those Conjuring they made tons of money. Beat, those Conjuring movies missed a beat by not having the song The Conjuring by Megadeth in them. <laughs> well, I agree. That's probably too expensive. The thing about those found footage movies are they're cheap. Well, The Conjuring, they're not found footage. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. The, Con the Conjuring was the one they shot for it. But that movie was made super, super cheap. And it makes – the thing is they anyone from that the Bless Bloom House is that that's the – they put out the their, their group putting them out. They know they can put Insidious three out. When I haven't seen, I actually have not seen either of the Insidious movies or Insidious three yet, um, which is rare. Uh, the thing is, they know that that they're going to make their money because there are people going to go see them. Mm -hmm. This Paranormal Activity, they started spinning Paranormal Activity into like these other movies. There was like at one point they had planned four Paranormal Activities to come out in one year, and then things got what four. I mean, who the hell is going to see it? But they People. are. I know. I know. I know. And they're making money. This thing was there was a remake. There was a, it was a, not a remake. A sequel supposed to be for Friday the Thirteenth, Part Two. I guess you would call it, right? And it was there were sequels supposed to be, and they had it, and they were in production, and uh, they were trying to get Nispel to come back, and it was all these things happening, and it just kind of fell apart because there was it wasn't for the money because they made their money and they were happy with that. They looked at it and said, well, maybe we can make another of these and make that same kind of money, and it just kind of fell apart for whatever reason. Um, new line and Michael Bay kind of not being super happy with whatever and all these different things happening, it just fell apart. Um, but to be honest, is you, you're looking at this, they could make another of these movies, basically make the exact same movie, and you know it make money. You know it yeah. would. Yep. So but you, you you just you just throw some other reference into one of the sequels. You have, you know, you have a, a Corey Feldman type character in there in exactly. this one, or or you introduce I don't know, a halfway house or. You know, something like mm -hmm. that. Just, just have him get resurrected by lightning. Or yeah, exactly. Just something. Yeah, you... Hey, I remember that. I saw that on USA when I was eight years old, or yeah. whatever. You know, or, or you move Jason into the supernatural. You know, eventually, you know, by maybe at the right. third remake they do, they move it into the supernatural realm. Yeah, and, right Jason on the TV show. Justa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you could you could bring the other guy from <laughs> Jared Perry, well, like he's hey, hey. brother. Or he he was in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Oh, yeah, Jensen Ackles was in which, Jensen which I, which That's a, that. That movie's way better than it deserves yeah. to be. Well, you had I saw it in the theaters in 3D with my wife, and it's, you know my wife uh, does not like horror movies at all. Um, but I was like, you want to see this? She's like, I don't know. So she looks and she's like, oh, that's that guy from TV. Now she doesn't watch Supernatural, but she goes, that guy's pretty good looking, oh, and in 3D. Sake. Well, no, I wish I was joking. I was like, well. To be I, fair, I, he's in pretty much every scene in the movie, too. So yeah, she got her money's worth at least. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's like, I, she, she was like, okay, well, we're going to go. We went up going, uh, uh, you know, to, to the only place playing was a JV Mall, which doesn't have theaters anymore. That's going very local there, folks. Um, Jefferson so, Valley Mall. <laughs> so we go. I said, I had a problem. I said, oh, I'll take you out to lunch. We'll go run all these. We'll do all this stuff. I had to, like, get like, a whole day of this to go see this movie in 3D. And. It is not a bad movie in 3D, and and like you think like this is far better than it should be. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, just not to try to get away from that. But that's another remake. It made good money its opening weekend, and then it starts deteriorating. It happens with all movies. Very few movies are nowadays, unless you're talking about true blockbusters. 
you know, the new Avengers, Jurassic World, like any of the, uh, and whatever the other uh, Terminator is coming out, what, next week, right? Those movies, yeah, can make, those movies can make money week after week after week. Most horror movies do not make money week after week after week. If you think about this, I mean, I, my brother and I, we, we saw Blair Witch Project in the theater weeks after it opened. And yeah. it was making money because people, first of all, people thought it was real. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Oh, people no, were I'm dumb back then. Oh, I know. There was no, the interwebs didn't exist. So the people really thought it was real. I actually showed, when, when, I, when it came out on VHS, I bought a copy on VHS, um, got my free shirt that came with it. And we're watching it with my buddy, uh, my, my friend Flavia, and our, our one of the guys on track team, Pedro. So we watched the movie in my dorm room. And Flavia and I had both seen it already, and we're like, okay, and it ends. And he goes, holy fucking shit, what happened? I said, what do you mean? He goes, are they dead? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, did they ever find those people's bodies? He totally bought And he's not a dumb guy. He was like, holy shit, they sucked me in. Why? Because when you look at it, the acting was not spectacular. It sounded like people talking. Because it was a lot of fucking talking. Well. Let, my, let me tell you my story sure. about this. I had this friend <laughs> who his best friend was the daughter of our local m- movie critic. Okay. And they'd had a, but they'd had a screening of an early cut of Blair Witch Project at the local art house cinema to show it to the cinema to see if they wanted to play it there. And, uh, this guy just comes to work and hands me a VHS and it just says Blair Witch Project. And he's like, dude, they just screened this documentary at the little theater last <laughs> night. Because <laughs> that's what he was told by her. And yeah. he's just like, and this is some fucked up shit. And I'm like, well, what do you know about it? And he's just like, it's there's information at the beginning of it. And, he, and it's it was a tape with a piece of like, you know, scotch tape on it with you know ballpoint pens and Blair Witch Project and I went home that day and watched it in broad daylight with like chills running up my spine (laughs) and then you know and then I immediately there there were interwebs there they were just the slow ass yeah it was all dial up well there were websites I went and looked on the web about the you know Burkittsville you know and stuff they had the filmmakers had put up fake websites. Yeah, they oh, had sure. done. Oh sure. Back, back when you could control all the information about your film. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They had put up fake websites with like you know, here we're trying to raise money. It was the parents of the the girl, you know, saying look, we're and one of the other guys had gotten together and were trying to raise money because they thought the sheriff had bungled the investigation, because all they found were these tapes, and you know, and they think the sher- the sheriff is not working hard enough to figure out what. And I was like, holy fuck, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. Well, and then I, and then, but there were, there were little tells in the video, though. There yeah. were a couple, one scene in the acting, in where the guys, she's like, what did you do with the map? And he's like, I threw it in the, in the river. river and threw it in the river. It just didn't, that, that line wasn't delivered yes. well yeah. enough. And now I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is a little, this is some acting. Thing. But well, funny- you know, it was still thoroughly creeped me out. And then I thought, you know, eventually found out, okay, this is a filmmaker's pride. And I'm like, this is brilliant, you know. Yeah. And then but- the first thing I did was went and saw opening night at the theater to watch the audience. And it was an audience, there was a street festival going on and they were drunk. 
<laughs> and they came in so you know before the movie it's like blah 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 everybody talking and then it's like going through the movie and people are mumbling through the beginning of it and just like sort of snickering and it's just sort of the and and about 40 minutes into the movie dead silent you could have heard a pin drop till the very end and at the very end like three sets of girls like ran out the door sobbing and crying the only other movie i saw that happen with was kids that's a different type of fucked yeah. up shit right yeah there. yeah but both both pretty much traumatized and you know and the people were walking out like that was the most fucked up documentary ever that's fucked up it wasn't just that that, that. they the sci-fi channel did a special on it and they in the special yep. that was put out there acted as if you were brilliant watching. yeah yeah and then they came that. out with the poster which I have, I have the poster hanging on the ceiling downstairs in my, in my, where I paint models, and it shows their pictures. It says these people are miss. It's the missing poster. Yeah. The yeah. posters they released were like, please put this up. We need, to, and that's what the movie theaters would have up. They'd had the Blair Witch Project, but it was a missing poster of these people. But the problem with that is you only have about ten minutes <laughs> for yeah. that to hit like lightning. And yep. that and that had that it had a, that I mean that made tons and tons yeah. of especially for what it costs to make, and and then you know that that they tried to do a franchise with that. Yeah. Well, the yeah, sequel it didn't work so. Good. And and the thing with the sequel was there was the se- the secret of Ekarak or whatever the fuck it was. It was like the word reversed, wrote, written backwards. And you're supposed to look at certain scenes. And then you're supposed to like rewind the tape back and watch it, and like it reveals shit. I'm like, so I tried doing all that stuff because I'm like, well, I have the tape. Let's try it. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> I was like, like I don't want to. Like, it's, it's like let's spin the record backwards and listen to Satan oh, talk to us. Well, the director you know? is a great documentary director. It's the guy who did uh, the Exist. movies about the. Um, the VHS movies. He yeah. he went on to do those. Well, he yeah. yeah he did. But what were the um. The kids, the the kids who who were thrown in jail, given deaths. One of them was given a death sentence. Oh, the um, oh shit. The West Memphis Three. West Memphis Three, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he did three movies on them, and he yeah. did the Metallica yeah. movie. Yeah, legit and, binge and purge. And then he did this movie, and it was a fictional movie. And I right. I saw it in the theater, and I was like, oh my god, this is the most ridiculous train crap. I enjoyed the hell out of it, just in like. Holy cow, this guy's trying to wrestle a real story out of this. And I see how he's going super meta with it. Like, this is a dramatic recreation. So it was like he made a cheesy movie mm-hmm. recreation of something that supposedly yeah. happened. So so it gives itself all these outs. How do we yeah. get on Blair Witch Project? We were, ta- oh. we were talking about found footage films and all that. Just Just yes. real quick. My my favorite Blair Witch story is I actually got into an argument with a with a friend of mine over we got into an argument because uh, we were this this is back this is I'm aging myself this was back on Transformers 2K5 mush and my friend oh my god a mush it's on the mush my 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 friend Z <laughs> whose real name is Scott and he lives in Texas and he's a he's a really cool guy we, he's also a big horror aficionado he was the I, the first time I watched Cannibal Pharrell was at his house in uh, in Texas the first time I watched Dawn of the Dead was with him in Texas but anyway and so we were, so we were talking about horror films and and I said man Blair Witch that's I said that movie's that, that movie's not original at all and he goes I know I said yeah it's a total ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust and he goes no it's not it's a ripoff of Picnic and Hanging Rock 
And so we had an argument over which film it ripped off. Well, there was another movie called. And then, uh, and then we uh, then we got together. Broadcast. But then we Last got yeah, but but yeah. then we got together and we compared notes and we was like, okay, we're we're talking about different aspects of the film that it ripped off. Mm-hmm. Okay, we right. we could come to agree in the middle that it ripped off both Picnic at Hanging Rock and Cannibal Holocaust. Well, the, thing with, <laughs> the thing with Last Broadcast was uh, having seen the uh, Blair Witch was much better. Uh, the, the movie itself was put together much better than Last Broadcast was. When you watch Last Broadcast, you're like, all right. You're just not buying it that it's like really right. happening, right? It so. was uh, that last broadcast just was the idea, but the execution mm-hmm. was. Yeah. I just see like in a major Hollywood studio, some guy is like, It's picnic at Hanging Rock meets Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> it can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Eat it up. So, trying to get us back here on topic, I have uh, <laughs> one last thing that I gotta throw here. There are 13 kills in the movie by Jason. Dun 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 right dun. Now, do the, we add those to our last oh, kills hero, or well, do we count them as if all you included, fresh kills? If you included this film, supposedly it's 167 total. I'm not sure if that number included uh, Freddy vs. Jason. So what did well, you? Guys we think? we have our own kill count going. We haven't okay. tallied it up yet, cause, well, because you know we still haven't done FVJ. Yeah. But uh, sorry, let's see. I, one, I didn't two. Need to give it away. That's there's, all right. No, I'll do the kill fit, count right well, now. We can still talk. There's some and fudging in some of those kills, so I'm sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I basically gave him credit for destroying, you know, a fucking space station full of people. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we don't well, know did, what the total. I, well, I didn't factor those in. <laughs> and then we subtracted all the ones from uh, Jason Goes to Hell because that wasn't Jason. So. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, so. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, Wade, Amanda, Mike, Richie, Donnie, Nolan, Chelsea, Chewy, Lawrence, Bree, Officer Brack, Trent, Jenna, and then, uh, is, you know, Whitney at the end. Did she die? Did she not die? Was it just a f- crappy jump scare? I don't know. How many was that? One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay, so there's 13 definites. Whitney would be a 14th. And if we want to count the decapitation of Mrs. Voorhees by somebody else, that would be 15 uh, deaths in this movie. Yeah, but that's not Jason, so... Okay, so it's a, a, a definite 13, possible 14. Pretty healthy. Oh, I do yeah. want to say, mentioning the, the cop who uh, gets killed with the, uh, you know, beak, um, not not so much slasher movie crap uh, weapon of choice, but like Skinamax crap weapon of yes. choice, the fire poker. <laughs> that's, that's a good kill, I'm sorry, but I'm watching this, and all I can think of is when he dies is, I want to hold him like they do in Texas, please. There's only one. And the roulette just ain't no fun without a gun. So only one real, real fire poker death, as far as I'm concerned, in that serial movie. Yeah, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Anytime we can work a terrible pop song into our into our show. I now, uh, the guy who played Officer Bracky wasn't he the guy on Viper back in the nineties? <laughs> um, I know, yeah, I know, it was Richard Berge. He was the guy who was on. Oh, he was on some crappy show on uh, UPN that aired after Viper. I'm telling wasn't you, wasn't that dude, Nowhere was... Man? It wasn't was it Nowhere Man. man. Uh, it was. It, maybe it was. I can't remember, but it's Richard. I'm His name is Richard Berge. And he was on a show that aired on UPN after Star Trek Voyager. I'm pretty sure that, that was Nowhere Man. That was probably it. I, I would take your word because you're the Voyager fan. Bastard. <laughs> as, as Hero was going down the names on there, I felt like he's like new kids in the block. He got Donnie <laughs> and Joey and Jordan. And... 
That's why when I do my horror movie, it's just going to be all the names of kids from Menudo. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, when One Direction broke up, it was a hard day. They didn't break up, dude. They didn't yeah. break up. Well, all I know is my girls were losing their shit over it, and I was like, "Girls, no one cares." I said, "I said if the new kids can get back together, One Direction can be back together." They were like. Don't even go there. Just tell them one day when you're 35 years old, One Direction okay. will get together and name, you'll see them at a I have the name of the show. All I right. have the name of the show. It was The Sentinel. Sentinel. That's and, it. The Sentinel. Sentinel, and he was, in fact, the guy from Viper. Okay. Fuck yeah, I was right again, bitches. <laughs> I'd also and like to point out that he was also in, um, he was also in uh, Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation, and... As well was also in. I just had it here. Uh, was on One Tree Hill, Desperate Housewives, and Body of Proof. Just in case you watch anything on ABC, apparently. And Jake and the Fat Man. And Hostel Part Two. Hostel Part Two is good. Don't go there. <laughs> I have no problem with Hostel Part Two. I'm not. My my favorite thing about Hostel Part. But the best thing about Hostel Part Two, not going to ruin anything here, was the original poster. They had made them change it because it showed the girl hanging or whatever. They felt that they couldn't have that poster because they couldn't possibly show a girl in that much peril in like on like a poster that was going to hang anywhere. So they had to reach, they had to scrap the whole poster and go over again. It's, if you look it up, it's nothing that crazy, but she's like hanging backwards or some sh- whatever. And it was like you can't have a girl in that much, a woman in that much peril on a poster. Well, that's that's why they got all pissed off. Remember the movie Captivity. Oh my God! Yeah, but the poster yeah. was her buried, and it was like yes. she was pressed up against the glass. Oh, yes. I know. I mean, I was just oh, I, awesome. Movie's terrible, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I I watched it, but it, <laughs> not, not yeah, that good. doesn't surprise me. I I know you, so I, was I watched just, it at school. I was just walking all around Times Square, thinking, "Oh my God, what I would do to have a time machine and go back like thirty-five years." on this this spot and see some of the movie posters and you know movies that were playing there at that time i mean it's come into the theaters with the floors covered yeah. with sticky residue well, the theaters had the ashtrays in the back of the seats and yeah and bums would go there because they could w- pay for movies all day and just sleep through them all and yeah and hookers were hanging around yeah you go into the theater and the guy sitting next to you is using his chair as a hotel room. Right, Everything basically. he needs to do is happening right there. Basically, but, uh, it depended on the theater you were in. I, I just read a book on that and it was just like, it was pretty sleazy all around, but there were some that were just like, take your life into your own hands when you... <laughs> Wait, which, which book? Do you remember? Yes, it's called Sleazoid Express. Yes, I have that book. It's awesome. Uh, uh, what listener sent it? to me and it was yeah it was fantastic i love it because it's one of those books written by someone who he you know he worked at a couple he and his wife like met in that sort of time period and and working at the theaters and stuff and he just has this total hostility to mainstream movies and you know where i mean when when cannibal holocaust is mentioned in his book it's just as a brush off of like, yeah, this little like movie that people thought was scandalous called Cannibal Holocaust, whatever, you know, the true shit was blah, 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 you know. I love all the stuff that's written, you know, like the Psychotronic Guide to Film. 
you can just feel the just intense love and and enthusiasm for those movies and since the movies were so sleazy and you can tell also that this guy's got a few sleazy preferences and a few little kinks of his own and it comes out in his writing by what movies he focuses on what you know what I, I, I don't remember which particular part of the woman's body he was really into but uh it gets mentioned a lot in the book <laughs> all right so do we do we got any i guess i gotta say do we have any final thoughts not just on friday the 13th 2009 but on friday the 13th as a whole yeah this is sort of the capper for official friday the 13th movies i just wanted to ask one quick question before we get to that real quick okay so the the opening sequence here do we think it's better than the only redeeming part of jason goes to hell which is the opening sequence there Ooh, I don't know. That that's pretty. Uh, the, the cool thing about the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell is that it's something different that we've yeah. never seen before, and it's and it's like it gets you so pumped up to watch the movie that you're that much more disappointed when you actually do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, th- this is okay. If this this is a remake of a scene we already saw, so I gotta I gotta give the edge. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this to Jason Goes to Hell. The reason why I was asking was um the the the. Seeing with the, with the like, everything in that the whole opening the twenty five minutes opening of the movie it's like okay we've seen it but this when the when the then it's hanging over the fire and it's setting it up it it seemed to me different enough where maybe it was considered um, you know sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Sean. Sean? No, no, no. I was, I was, I was oh. going to say, you know, I was going to say, you know, if you're talking about the entirety, you know, with the five guys looking for the pot plants, yes. Yeah, you know, th- that was that was interesting, but I think you know the setup that they had for uh, Jason Goes to Hell was was more interesting. It was more original. This one was just oh, there's kids going into the woods and they're talking about Camp Crystal Lake and they're going to get cut up. You know, yeah. I think I, I I do think that I'd still have to give for originality's sake the uh, the edge to the Jason Goes to Hell movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love the Jason, the Jason Goes to Hell opening. Is the only redeeming value of that movie. Um, I mean, it did, in fact, inspire that great Nike ad, which I think is still one of the best commercials ever. We talked about that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Because he's he's wheezing really hard. So, and... um, Story of my life, man. But I, was, I just, I was just sitting there watching it because I actually wound up watch, watching this a couple of times. I, I watched it one time all the way through to write the review I did of it. And then I was uh, popped it on a couple of times when I was working on a model or something like that. And I was like, man, that opening's really good. I'm like, is it better than the other one? Because that, to me, has always been the best opening from the Friday the 13th. Jason Goes to Hell has the best opening because it's so different than what you think it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. anyway. Didn't mean overall. to derail the final thoughts. No, no, no. Overall thoughts. Well, uh, I was actually going to say before before we get out of here, you wrote a review slash article. I did. Where, where can we find it? Oh, okay. So you want to go to um, www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. Um, if you go on, uh, on Facebook, there's a hashtag. That's the, the Art of Horror Collective. Um, which a lot of times I'll link to my pictures. There's a Facebook page called The Art of Horror Collective. Um, and then on Instagram, I have that hashtag also for my most of my models. Uh, we On there, we're putting up reviews of movies. Um, I put some old stuff from back in the day when Luke had 
um, Luke's uh, Vault of Horror. Um, I try to get I'm trying to get people to write for it, all different stuff, I, and it doesn't have to be movie stuff. I'm trying to I have uh, reviews of some of the audio um, stuff that uh, Tales from Beyond the Pale. We have in the works uh, someone going to do an entire uh, review of all the TV show monsters every episode. Uh, it's just you know if you're into horror, uh, come check us out, and you know always looking for stuff. You know, it's for uh, for people to kind of kick stuff in. Sir. Excellent. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. All right, so overall thoughts before we leave Camp Crystal Lake for a while. If if you're if you're a fan or watched all of them, you naturally you're going to watch it. And even if you don't like it, it's good on an academic level. But it, for the uninitiated... I don't want to say this would be a good starting point, but it might be a good starting point for the more general audience uninitiated. It would, I, I mean, I think that, you know, it's a solid contender as a Friday the 13th movie, so it's a fair, it's a fair cop. Yeah, it's a, I enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed I, I enjoy it too, but at, at the end of the day, I'm not, none of my favorite kills are in this. And uh, there's just a, a little too much deviation with Jason's character for me to to slot it into my like you know top three so Fridays. It's the favorites. It's, it, as I said, it, would, it was diverting. It was fun to watch. It was enjoyable. It, it kept me interested. But looking back on it, it was it was it kind of existed in the moment. It didn't hold a lot of memory for me. It didn't hold a lot of uh, space in my mind the way that some of the other films and and rewatching all these films for this series has been so much fun for me because. I'm brought back, you know, I'm not only given the nostalgia for when I first saw a lot of these, but, you know, the mem memories of watching them in times past and of all the great scenes that stick with me. And this one, unfortunately, just doesn't have anything that really stuck with right. me. I know, actually I, figured that's... out how to describe this movie just now. This movie is the soundtrack to the Sgt. Pepper's movie. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would it's, have to it's say. got its moments like, uh, yeah, like um, Aerosmith and got to get <laughs> into my life. But then again, it's got, you know, the whole rest of the album. The rest of everything else. And there you go. <laughs> George Burns singing for the benefit of Mr. Kite or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a nice diversion. It. It's sort of the Cliff Notes version of Friday the 13th. Digest, yeah. Yeah, it's, if, if you haven't seen, you know, the entirety of the Friday the 13th movies, this is the the basic overview of all of them. At least the first four where Jason essentially was just a big bubba who was hunting down kids. It, it's very glossy, you know, compared to those early movies, but you got to kind of expect that with Michael Bay being behind it. There's a lot more TNA in it than I think a lot of the other films and a lot more gratuitous TNA. But if you're into that, this is the film for you. It's not great, but it's at least diverting enough. And it's got some nice kills in it. And, you know, like I said before, boobies. So there's a plus there. Three <laughs> boobs. So, um, you know, having uh, just been on this one, but obviously this is uh, uh, the, the Friday the 13th films, um, you know, you know, a kind of, I mean, not to say they're important, but they are kind of important in my life. I mean, someone who's named Jason, who was born on the 13th, who does, in fact, have Murder the. People. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that comes up. 
uh, you know, the tattoo on the, I mean, I mean, I have a tattoo on my arm of the cover of the, with the knife going through the eye from 4Y, because this is a movie that's kind of, these are the series of movies that are very important, um, kind of in, you know, in when I was growing up and stuff like that, we started seeing them. Looking at this one as itself, uh, originally, I did not like this movie at all. Um, because it just, I was kind of jay, like, oh, I'm not going to like it. And I just went in not wanting to like it. And then after I watched it, I was like, oh, and I kind of watched it again. And it's one of those things that kind of grew on me over time. It is truly not my favorite. It's not part seven. It's not part four, uh, which are the two that, uh, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone, not everyone loves seven, but seven is my absolute favorite. Um, but this is a movie that if it's on sci-fi, I leave it on and watch it. Um, Yes, there's none of the nudity and none of that stuff taken out because obviously it's on TV. Uh, but it's one of those things that it's it's enjoyable. Part of what uh, also goes along with this is when you're watching all these again. Now, I, I watched them all again when you guys were doing them. I watched the Blu-ray because I, I have the Blu-ray set, um, which, you know, is great because you, you can see everything and the colors are really good compared to some of the old times we used to watch them on TV. Um, but I also then watched the Crystal Lake Memories. And if you've never seen that, and you're into these movies, you should do yourself the favor and spend the six hours and watch, not all at one time, the Crystal Lake Memories, because you'll start getting an appreciation for some of the stuff they did in these. And I think part of what happens is when you look at what, what went into this and what why people made decisions they made and stuff like that, you kind of can start saying, oh, I understand that. And I understand whatever this is. Um, overall, this movie itself is, to me, I, I enjoy it. It's not my favorite of all time, but it's surely ahead of some of the entries along this, uh, you know, uh, it's like it's ahead of like it goes to hell and ahead of uh, what part five and things like that. I well, put it above those two too. Yeah, well, but the thing is, but Jason takes Manhattan. If we ever got to see the actual film that they wanted to show us, I think we would like it because it was no, cut. It's possible, yeah. Yep. I mean, it doesn't exist though. They, the film, all the <laughs> stuff's all gone, and that's one of the things they they you know that's been talked about for years. They like have all this stuff they wanted to do and it didn't work. So, but, uh, you know, Friday the 13th films as, as, as a series of films, um, you know, you either like them or you don't. And I said this, it's funny, yesterday I said this to my dad um, as my uh, copy of Tentacles and uh, Reptilicus came. Uh, yeah. I said to my dad, I said, well, I'd rather sit here and watch Reptilicus and Tentacles than the, the Loft, the, whatever, the one that just came out. And he's, I, I'm like, he goes, at least there I know what I'm getting. Right? <laughs> you know? Like yeah. I didn't go. I'm not going to tentacles. Going, man. I am looking for some great acting. You don't go into. <laughs> if you came into this movie expecting, like, well, I want to see some in, in great acting. What you got here was, I mean, to be honest, you got TV level acting, and not that that's. And I'm not trying to be disparaging with that, but that's what you got. You got people who there's a lot more nudity and swearing, but it's like something you would see on a TV show. And that's about right for Friday the Thirteenth. Which is exactly yeah exactly yeah. Would this have been would we have enjoyed what was there more? Would you have been like, this is a great movie if you had like seriously trained actors who are like the top of their game? I don't think so. I think it would have actually distracted from it. You know, if they weren't all so pretty, I think it might have been a little more kind of like, okay, I kind of can see where they're going from. But in today's day and age, you make everybody's pretty. They have to be, dude. They have a movie called Duff. It's Dumb, Ugly, Fat Friend. That's a fucking movie. Okay. Yeah, and she's not really and ugly she, or fat. She's not. She's Bill Pullman's like, daughter from Independence yeah, Day. She's adorable exactly. now. Yeah, she's certainly not. But the thing, but that's what it is because she's not a size zero. She's now the fat, the ugly, right. 
It, it's like it's like another teen movie. Oh no, she's wearing she has glasses on and paint on her and her hair's up. And she's still <laughs> freaking the same hot chick we saw. No, I love it's like it's go pick me any chick you want. He goes, How about the conjoined twins? Dude, that's too easy. That's just twice as much hotness right there. <laughs> So, How about that albino chick? Man, that pale skin, it's like alabaster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's We are off the rails. Uh, but it's saying, what I was getting to is, you have now them putting pretty people in movies and whatever, and that kind of takes away from what the original idea was. But, you know, I don't think you can go wrong. Friday the 13th movies, to me, they were on the other day. For some random reason, it was like, it's Tuesday the you know 16th. They had them on. I watched. I was freaking watching them. I had school the next day. I was watching. Why not? They're fun. They're fun movies. They're party movies. You right, should man. all watch them. If you're listening to this, you've probably already watched them. I hope so by this point. Yeah. yeah. Watch them again. Have fun with them. I want someone to be this the first one they listen to. They're like just randomly pick one. And they're like, I've never heard of these films before. What are they speaking of? Uh, who is this Jason character? These movies See, I must felt be bad genius for, the like... for them to devote this much time and <laughs> See, I'm I'm reminded again of when my buddy Larry and I went and saw Jason X and it was the first Friday the 13th film he had seen. And we oh. walk out of the theater and he's got this big grin. He goes, oh my God, are they all as good as this? I go, no. no. <laughs> Squash oh my... that right now. <laughs> I love Larry. You get to imagine he's just a big guy too. He's just like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love them. Oh. All right, so next time we're finishing off another franchise, we're finishing off Phantasm until Phantasm Ravager comes out. Please come to me, Ravager. Which could be any day now because they don't have any like there doesn't. It just seems dates. to be coming out soon, and knowing the way Cascarelli does movies, it's like, well, when we're finished editing, we'll <laughs> just put it out, you know. And well, I mean, I'll, I'll bet it'll be instantly crazy. like available. Of course, it will be. Pay, you know, pay per view or whatever, you know. Or yeah, that's that's the way the these little horror films seem to be going. It's the, you release them on iTunes, release them on pay per view, and then possibly get a, a movie release limited so. distribution yeah what, you, you what, guys, what was the subtitle of phantasm for that we're doing next oblivion 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 iv as the the, the four is the uh letters ah, very good yes yes witty witty cascarelli well played <laughs> well that's for the phantasm show yeah, yeah.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2TrueFreaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number 2. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about 2TrueFreaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.